This is the Night Owls Disc Golf Podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm JP. And it's another interview with Clash, but more specifically with Bobby. Bobby, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, you might hear the voice. It's Bobby Cool Daddy Slippery. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, you, oh, I'm sorry. Do you want yeah, to yeah. do it? I yeah. Do that. Yeah. Of course. Do it, do it. Okay. Hey, everybody. It's Bobby Cool Daddy Slippery. Exactly. It just gives me tingles every time I hear it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Bobby. So first off, before we get into Clash, um, how you been doing? What you been up to? I've been doing fantastic, actually. Things are going really good. I'm still... Um, I'm sure some people that follow me on Disc Golf Answer Man and on social media, I'm still doing the social media things for a few disc golf cli- uh, clients, um, and then still doing a gym out here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I moved to about nine months ago. Things are going really good. Um, the purpose for moving away from Dynamic Disc in Emporia, Kansas, to Oklahoma was to be closer to family. I've been able to spend time with family. In fact, last Thursday, I went to go watch my grandson play a football game, which was fantastic. Um, I got to go uh, watch my girlfriend's daughter uh, do her cheerleading at a fifth grade football game. And I'm just I'm loving that I'm back here in Oklahoma. So having a great time spending time with family, my parents, and everything. So things are going really good. That's great. Excellent. And noticing on uh, your social media is that uh, seems like your health journey is doing pretty well, too, huh? Yes, yes. The health journey is doing really good. I did something Unu- uh, not unusual. I did like a little detox where I did 30 days of just carnivore diet, which is, if uh, people aren't familiar with that, uh, for 30 days, all I ate was meat and egg and a little bit of cheese. Um, it was kind of a, a nutrition reset. And then I, uh, after the month, I stuck with it a little bit. I threw in some vegetables and stuff like that. And all in the last couple months, I've lost uh, 23 pounds. So, Holy cow. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, so things are going good. Yeah, things are going good on that front, too. And it feels good. It feels great. Is that what Katrina's on? Katrina yeah. Allen does carnivore diet, maybe? I don't know. Who? Katrina, Katrina Allen. Allen. Yes, yes, Katrina Allen does. I'm pretty sure she's is still with it the the carnivore diet yeah but yeah i follow her and i've seen her post things about having a big ribeye steak for dinner and i got saucy and stuff so yeah jeez that just seems so incredible to me like super like this is the best thing in the world is it <laughs> to only eat meat yeah yeah i mean if you're gonna pick a certain food group to only eat meat would be uh, <laughs> yeah. i mean how can you not like having a delicious ribeye or a sirloin steak or uh you know my one of my favorites is chicken thighs i'll put uh, i'll grow some chicken thighs and that's just so it's so good and and now during the 30 days i didn't add any sauces or nothing but now i add sauces to kind of add some flavor and stuff but okay um, yeah no there was no there was there was i mean i enjoyed having steak and eggs for breakfast and um you know i'd I'd venture out and have some shrimp and crab legs and things like that so yeah i enjoyed it that's awesome well maybe we'll have to have a further discussion off air about that because i've been trying to (laughs) control my weight situation here for a while and (laughs) it's just i always have good excuses though i mean some of the best excuses so uh, yeah, they're called they're called donuts and cheesecake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll have those excuses too sometimes. Oh my goodness! Like sweet tea is like I I don't know what it is about sweet tea. I see sweet tea and I'm like everything goes out the window. <laughs> so, all right, Bobby. Well, so we caught up with you personally. So, what have you been doing on the disc golf side? So, are you attached to Idio as well? To Idio, yeah, Idio uh, Sports. So Craig Kitchen, the guy who started it all, um, had reached out to me. Or at, in fact, no, I remember I had him on my podcast and interviewed him because I was interested about his story. Oh, I remember right. that, yeah. And him, the, the Kickstarter and the disc golf shoes and stuff like that. And probably about three or four, three maybe three months ago, he reached out to me and said he's ready to, to go big on his social media. And he thought of me. And so we talked on the phone and put together a game plan. And, yeah, he's, he's one of my clients where I will create content for his newsletter and content for his Instagram and Facebook so that he's active on there. And so far people, uh, and just now recently within the last uh, three or four weeks, people started getting their shoes that they ordered quite a few years ago. Um, because, <laughs> yeah, I know that's yeah. kind of a running joke uh-huh. as far as like, you know, you know, ordering from them. But I mean, he w- he started out 
awesome. And then, of course, COVID hit. And that that's just hit every industry as far as supplies and stuff like that. So that really slowed it down. And then once they created the shoes, they got the shoes on the ship, and then they were shipping it over to the fulfillment center. Well, because of the pandemic, there was so much backup at the shipping, uh, the cargo bays, whatever you want to call them. And so they, they set, that ship literally sat out there for months. Um, waiting and well, among other with other ships too that just mm-hmm. out there just waiting to make it to the land so anyways people are starting to get them and people are loving them which is awesome so it's really good to be connected with craig and video sports yeah. yeah we just got ours actually just the other day i think tuesday yeah, we both got them the same day. yeah and i haven't gotten a chance to wear mine yet but they I, look good i did wear mine they yeah. are very comfortable haven't been able to throw in them yet but i kind of walked around the yeah. house you know how when you get new shoes you just kind of want to <laughs> put them on jump yeah, around absolutely. in them and stuff <laughs> and hopefully yeah. someone asks you how fast you are yeah yeah <laughs> i can run much faster than you. Yeah, exactly <laughs> turn on a dime yeah you're yeah. gonna be able to throw i it's gonna give you about 20, 25 feet on your distance, I'm sure. Hey, oh, that's all I like to hear. Yeah, it has to. It was like back in the day when I, you know, used to work on cars all the time. We always used to say the stickers added at least 10 horsepower on the car. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, well, let's let's get into Clash, Bobby. So, um, give us a quick background, history, just anything you can share about Clash. So, Clash is fairly new onto the scene. Um, so, kind of give us the rundown on who they are. Yeah, so what I've learned from them is that um, it was two guys that, uh, well, particularly one guy, and he uh, discovered disc golf, and of course, just like a lot of disc golfers out there, got totally consumed with disc golf, wanted to play it all the time. And But he discovered it right around the, the, the pandemic when it was getting, getting, the pandemic was really getting out there, happening, whatever. And uh, he noticed that supplies were really low. He couldn't get any discs. You know, the places were, uh, it was kind of, the, well, I guess it was kind of the time when disc golf was sort, really starting to take off as one of those activities you could do when you needed to be social distance from people. And mm-hmm. supply was really low. And he was like, there's got to be a better way to, for me to get more discs. And he just, he, he's an entrepreneur and he thought, I'm going to figure out how to make this so I can have discs, so my family can have discs and have, can go play disc golf. And so he started researching and looking into it, and he had connections with uh, some high-quality plastic companies. And he approached them and said, this is what he wants to make. And instead of going to other disc manufacturers to trying to deconstruct what they've done and to mimic what other disc manufacturers have done, he uh, went to the plastic people and he said, this is what I want to make, and this is what I want this project, product to do. They gave him, they said, well, you need this. You should do it this way. This is the kind of plastic you just use. And he followed the, that advice, and that's what he created with Clash This. And it's been a, so far, everybody that's tried it has said the plastic feels fantastic. The flights are great. And so so he started the, started the company, and it started do, getting, being, doing very well in Finland. And they have, unlike other starter i mean they've only been around for about six months unlike other uh, companies that started out they have several machines ready to produce thousands upon tens of thousands of discs per year so they have a capacity to fulfill the disc orders that people want um but yeah that's there it, it they were never were disc offers that wanted to make a product they were guys that already make products that already have businesses that then wanted to become disc offers and make discs so it's a very unique approach to how they look at the disc, the discs they make in the disc golf business. Huh. So that, so when you talk, well, you you know about the history of them, and it says something about a Nokia um, extrusion plant where they've made the cases for Nokia phones in Finland. Yeah. So did they yeah. own that plant, or did they just go all in and say, "That's it, we're just going to buy this plant and start making discs," kind of? haphazardly or did they kind of do market research or like i said was that owned already by one of the folks i don't know that i don't know that they own that particular company but um yeah i know that they did a lot of market research and they have now i've only met one time of course i've only met any i've never met any of them in person i've only talked to them via video but i finally got the other day to, to meet the genius behind the disc manufacturer and i actually got the we were working on a particular disc disc and um I got to watch his process of how he created discs and things like that. So yes, they 
have done a lot of research. They've hired a guy that that's a engineer that has engineered these discs, and they've definitely done their homework as far as to make a disc do what they want it to do. That's great. So, what is your role in Clash at this point? Yeah. So at, at the very beginning, uh, they had reached out to me, and you know they knew about my reputation with tiny discs and found out that I was on my own until they reached out to me and they said they needed some help with social media. And I said, well, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to take on some clients for social media. And uh, so we came up with agreement. And at first it was just I would make so many posts per, per week on their social media. And then as I started to learn about the company and they started learning about what I had done in the past for Diane Biff, my role kind of changed to more of kind of a marketing role type thing, kind of, helping them grow in the U.S. And, and some of my connections that I had in the disc golf industry, I was able to uh, leverage and get them, you know, certain sponsorships and get them in the door with certain people and things like that. So a lot of it, it, it very much reminds me of the beginning of Dynamic Discs and then a lot of the guys wear different hats. And so right now I'm wearing a few different hats. I'm helping them scout team players. I'm helping them figure out distribution in the United States. I'm helping them uh, uh, work with uh, sponsorship as far as like Disc Golf Pro Tour. I'm helping them uh, uh, create content for those social media. And then I'm giving them, you know, ideas that I've had with dynamic discs and things like that, you know, ideas and stuff. And in fact, now I'm, I'm did a little scout thing here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I live to look for some media talent so I can start creating videos with these people to put on classes youtube channel so i'm actually wearing a lot of hats now and it'll and i'm hoping that that'll grow even more of a role uh next year and go, going into the years uh, to years down the road great so right now is it officially as a contractor or are you officially an employee of so are you doing this through your business or is it kind of an employee of no, I'm not, I'm doing it through my business. Okay. okay. A, you know, contract, yeah, as a contract. So I'm sure that'll change down the road, but for right now, that's the way we handle it. Perfect. And, you know, we just talked about troubles with EDO getting their product here. Has there been any problems getting Clash discs to the U.S.? Have you ro- had any road bumps, any speed bumps? No, none, none that I've heard of. I mean, no, they... You know the uh, the some of the challenges that, of course, a distribution center would solve is you know the cost of getting uh, discs over here. You know that a lot of their stuff they air freighted it over. You know, using it by air, and that of course costs extra money. And um, there's no facility here that can house you know a lot of discs for them um, right now. In fact, they don't have their own store. You can't buy class discs off of ClashDisc.com. Um, you can buy it at Infinite Discs and uh, Power Grip USA mm-hmm. and uh, I think Local Route's another one. And then Infinite and them are acting as smaller distribution centers to get those small orders into smaller stores. But um, eventually we, we know we need some sort of distribution and sales network in the U.S. so that we can ship over tens of thousands of discs and have them housed in a warehouse and then distribute that to stores. So it won't be such a, it won't be a factor in prohibiting stores from, you know, cause I know some stores just from experience, some stores only want to buy like 10, 25 discs. Well, mm-hmm. cost can be prohibitive to only buy 20 discs and have it shipped over from Finland. That has <laughs> cost way too much money to make it worth it. Yeah. So, when, you're, uh, when you're paying $20 <laughs> a disc, you know, essentially yeah. after freight, it's, yeah, that makes it a, a bit harder to sell those. Yeah, so uh, they know the need for it. It's just right now, there's so many, like, there's so many ideas I've thrown at them, and they said, yes, we've, we've got that on the roadmap, but we're just, we're trying to be slow. thing is, is that they've grown so fast, and they've become so, they're very popular and very, doing very well over in Europe. It's just now mm-hmm. crossing over to the U.S. market they want to do. But they they want to do it smart and not get too far ahead of themselves where they can't keep up with it. So, um, but yeah, right, yeah, and I, you know I think that's that's an appropriate approach because rushing things before you know market before you have any you know distribution system set up or you know some way to do that it, it can be detrimental because 
one of the worst things you can do is promise over promise and under deliver, you know, I mean, that's correct. So right. and it seems like they're, they're may seem like they're dragging their feet, but it seems like they're probably doing the right thing by making sure everything's set up before they move into a new market. Right. Right. But yeah, you definitely want to, you know, do the opposite, which is under promise and over deliver. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it, even though from the outside, it looks like it, it, you might think, well, they just need to grow fast. But, um, in the background, those are the plans, but there's so many moving parts, there's so many things to think about to make sure that when you implement something that it's, you set yourself up for success. Right, right. So there's 11 molds in two different plastic types as of what I have yeah. been able to gather. What are the yeah. plans for, I mean, are they planning on basically just dropping a bunch of molds or are they gonna do that pretty slowly and steadily like they've been doing? From what I understand, before the end of the year, there's going to be at least two or three more uh, molds. And then a few of the popular molds out right now there'll be uh, that aren't available in, in other plastics will be available in new plastics. Okay. Um, I know that they they are also heavy in research and development, and they have some stuff that they've, they've showed me that I'm not allowed to share about, but that will shock, or not shock, but will be like, Wow, I'm. I mean, as soon as they showed me it, first they explained it to me. I'm like, I, I, I kind of understand. And then they showed it to me, and I was like, "Well, this is." And I'm not trying. I mean, I know it sounds kind of like cliche, but <laughs> this is going to be a game changing. This is going to be like, wow, this is something new and different. Now, whether another manufacturer is working on this in the background, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But nobody has done what they're doing uh, so far. Okay, so, so it's not hopefully like. It, oh, oh, it's not like the groove or the monarch. It's definitely not the groove. <laughs> funny enough, that was the first, that was the first disc I ever got paid to do something with. Was a, uh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <That's funny>. <laughs> <laughs> so we've seen them release the hardy and steady plastic. Are they working on like, those are pretty premium. Are they coming with base plastic anytime soon? Is that something they're working on? There's definitely yeah. There's definitely something they're wor they're working on. Um, I haven't touched the felt or seen any of it yet, but yes, they're definitely working on some different plastic types. Nice. I mean, the the plastic now, when you t feel it, it's like you know you can feel the premium, but it's grippy. Like mm -hmm. you get a good handle on it. Mm -hmm. And we just actually yeah. both got. I bought us a couple of uh, wild honeys, mm -hmm. and we were just thoroughly impressed with them. Like the feel of it's great, the grip, everything is just fantastic. Right. Yeah. It, and and that's, that's been the, one of the biggest things is the people that say the plastic feels like quality, good plastic. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a couple of uh, top main players that I've been talking to um, that I, I would say, hey, let me send you a couple, you know, I've been working with blah, 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 who work with Clestis. Can I send you a couple? They're kind of looking at, you know, doing some different things with players. And uh, I did that like maybe a month or so ago, and that person uh, the other day finally reached out to me and said, hey, I finally got to throw, and I'll be honest with you, I kind of didn't take you serious because I, I get, you know, this manufacturer sending me discs all the time, but I got to tell you, I'm impressed with this plastic. So, mm -hmm. and that, so that seems to be what people are, their first impression is the plastic, the feel of the plastic feels like quality plastic. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, it is unique, and we had a, Secret Santa. I still have no clue who <laughs> sent us these, but we got two popcorns, a berry, and a mint. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then oh, he, he knows. You know, <laughs> do you know? <laughs> He's just saying, yeah. 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 <laughs> so honestly, I have zero clue who sent them to us. Um, and then he bought the wild honey. And honestly, every one of them are fantastic feeling the discs themselves um i wish the popcorn came in and it looks like the popcorn is in the hardy plastic i've never held the hardy plastic before but i'm assuming that's more of a rigid i had a couple that said prototype on them or something yeah that yeah they were the prototype yeah. steadies yeah so that's what it was but yeah they're they're fantastic i mean they're they're good quality good hand feel and i know on the clash website it says that's kind of what they're pushing for is the you know, the you need to feel good when you're holding. You got to feel comfortable and confident with your equipment when you're using it. And you know, with those, I think they're fantastic. And the wild honey, 
is one that, you know, I don't have a, I have a decent enough arm, about a 400 foot arm. And that disc fits me very, very well. It's a turnover disc, but it fits me very well and it throw it very comfortable, but it doesn't dump. I mean, it is a really, really good disc. Oh God. Yeah. That, and uh, yeah, I, I, the second throw, I fell in love with that disc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the first throw, I was like, that's nice. Then I had to throw it again and go, okay, yes, this is, this is money. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, talk, talk, talking to the guy I talked to, Randy, at Clash this, he said that is one of their more, the most popular mold they have out right now. So it's a very good mold. Yeah, yeah it was hard to find. Like, like you said, uh, I, had, I found it at Power Grip USA, but I had searched all over for it. Like, Infinite was sold out of it. Like, they're selling out in a lot of places because mm-hmm. it's just yeah. people are learning that it's so popular and, like, mm-hmm. the feel, and it's just great. Yeah. So why food? <laughs> Do you know the reasoning behind <laughs> that's, that? Yeah, that's such a good one. <laughs> I, on it, that's a, actually a great question. I don't know why they picked that. I do know that now that they people are intrigued by it, they are go. You know, they're going to run with it, and mm-hmm. they literally, when we were brainstorming names for future discs, um, the way that they say it is, they say if you can hold it in your hand, then it could be the name of a disc. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. So if it's a food item, you could hold it in your hand. It could be, so there could be a hot yeah, dog at one point. It doesn't necessarily have to be a food item. Okay. They're just saying if it's something you can hold in your hand. Okay. But they, I mean, I'm, we have, some of the names they tell me they're already going to use, um, uh, it still seems to be food items. So, okay. And, um, some some of the players that we're looking to work with, we've you know, that was one of the things that some of the players when we talked about negotiation and stuff like that, um, they immediately like, and I already have a name for the disc because they lo- <laughs> you know people just love the unique different names of the disc. Uh huh. It was just great when we got the the other discs because it was like the berry was like pink the popcorn was white <laughs> yeah i think the mint yeah. was green like the, the color association with the actual food item was was great <laughs> yeah. yeah it was good so when they come up with like the fried chicken and collard greens just give me, <laughs> let me know chicken and waffles one of the one of the things they are they say that they are picky about is that it has the name has to make sense in finish Oh, oh yeah. So okay. there, there are a couple of names that were brought up, and they told me the translated word for it in Finnish, and it was like, okay, yeah, we can't, you can't. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that would be a good way to break into the American market, though. It'd be like, like chicken yeah. nuggets and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yogurt. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. There was like, oh, I wish I could remember. There was one particular one that it was actually kind of offensive in Finn. Oh, really? <laughs> we, had, we had to stay away from that name. I can't remember what it was, but anyway. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. So let's um, talk about team and your plan. So I know you've vaguely brushed on it, but what is Clash's you know, plan for assembling a team and where are they going um, here in this next season? Yeah, so, I mean, there's they're kind of brainstorming different ideas of which direction to go. I mean, obviously one of the directions is to get um, some high-profile players, some people that are known to get to throw our discs. Um, that way, you know, to build awareness for it. Um, and then the other direction is to get uh, discs in the hands of the, the amateur players, and that's through the tournament sponsorships. And so they're trying to Again, it's one of those things that's like they've had tournament directors reach out to them and they want to do it really bad, but they need to have some sort of infrastructure. It's just not a matter of sending a bunch of discs to a bunch of tournament directors. You've got to have some sort of structure behind it, some sort of packaging. You know, how much are we going to offer? What do we give for player packs versus, you know, fundraising versus, you know, this or that. So they're trying to, it's, again, it's only a few guys trying to keep up with demand and so um you've got to roll it out slowly but that's one of the big things we're looking for for next year is you as a tournament director are able to you know call us up and say hey i've got this many tournaments you know and i need this many player packages what can you offer us we want to have that type of thing set up um and then we're looking into um getting people out there traveling um i'm probably going to be doing uh some traveling next year to some 
some of the bigger tournaments to follow some of the players that we get sponsored um, and then maybe run some events while I'm out there as well to introduce people to class this. So kind of following some of the similar footsteps of other manufacturers of getting this in people's hands more and more so they can find out when once they we feel like they touch the disc, they throw the disc, they're going to love it. Right. Mm-hmm. So doing some sort of like, we'll call it like two or three disc challenges similar to multiple companies that do that type of stuff. Correct. Okay. Yeah. okay. Just, just some, some, something that's non-sanctioned, that's mm-hmm. fun, that uh, is, you know, at a value cost to get you get your hands on some Clash discs to introduce you to them. Yeah. I, I think that's a brilliant idea because I think that's something we could run up in our area and stay mm-hmm. in similar areas all over the U.S., of course, but we're just a little bit smaller, a little more unknown, or that's dominated by a certain manufacturer and getting a hold of something like that is on those unsanctioned events where, you know, mom and dad or grandpa or the kids, they can all just go out and just grab these discs and all of a sudden everybody kind of gravitates towards those. Right. I think it's a brilliant idea. All right. Yeah. So, so you talked about team and what you planned on doing. So <laughs> we have to bring it up. We have seen that Nico is still supporting Clash because Clash just put out that um, they started their hot stamp program. So just recently. Mm-hmm. So, and we noticed that he was promoting and doing things like that. So can you give us a little insight on the who, what, where, and why, and all that fun stuff <laughs> with Nico? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously if you, if you follow disc golf and you, you know that what happened with, uh, Nico and, uh, the official at the, what was the, I can't even remember the name of the event. European, European Open. Open. Yeah. Yeah, yes, right, European Open. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if they want me to say this, but I, <laughs> I remember seeing it happening. It actually happened on live. I saw social media telling me it happened. We all know that <laughs> happens on disc golf, you know, because obviously the majority of my following and people that follow me and I follow are disc golfers. So when I started seeing post after post after post, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I texted I texted my guy that I talked to at class this, and I said, have you seen what happened? Not realizing that they were over there at the event. He said, yes, we watched it happen in front of us. Oh, no, oh, man. Okay. Um, so um, is that have to see the behind-the-scenes stuff, and they got to see the aftermath of it, and they were very torn about what to do mm-hmm. you know because uh, you know on one end nico has did a lot for clash this as far as awareness in the usa but on the other hand they didn't want this to be what people thought of the company as far as like the condoning this type of uh behavior mm-hmm. um and so you know it may seem cut and dry for a lot of people in their minds but it really isn't cut and dry it wasn't a cut and dry situation because um, they really wanted to see Nico succeed. They knew Nico had had issues in the past, but after meeting him and talking with him and talking to my ideas, they were ready to really help support Nico, build his brand, and do what he wanted to do in disc golf. And so the, it wasn't just them sponsoring a player; it was them building a relationship with Nico and wanted to help him grow as they grew. And so they were really torn. And, you know, Nico was pretty torn up about everything that happened. Um, and they wanted to help him as much as they could, but they just finally came to the decision that they can't condone this type of behavior and they can't continue to support it in that way. And they were actually instrumental in getting him the help he needed as far as the mental health coach. They arranged it and got them got him over there to do that and so i i think that's why nico feels that he still wants to support class because there was no quote-unquote hard feelings it was more of like this happened we have to make this business decision but on a personal level we want to see you succeed and get better so you can get back at what you were born to do which was play disc golf yeah in your opinion like once this is suspension is over, could they reach back out to him? Do you think that could happen? Um, I'm not sure. 
Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure. It, have to, it, it really would have to be where Nico's head is after the suspension is over. Um, yeah, that'd have to be in my in my mind. And if they come to me for my my choice, I would say it'd have to be almost like a game time decision mm-hmm. to see where everything is at as far as um, where his head is at as far as after this had happened. Yeah. And history wise, well, you've you've known Nico for over a decade, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So were you part of the reason he went to Clash, or was that prior to you? No, that was, that was, I had, by the time I got on board, he was already in the mix of things. So, oh, no, okay. I didn't, you know, I was not part of that, no. Okay, okay. And, you know, so it, you've seen him go through his ups and downs, you know, and a lot of us that have been in tune with the sport for a while have seen him go through his up and downs. Do you know? And I know Clash has put invested a lot of time and energy into helping him through it. Do you think that this is something that has a meaningful change that might you might see in him, or is it something that only time will tell? I think I think only time will tell. Sure. Yes, I've known I've known Nico for a long time. Um, uh, my first encounter with Nico. Uh, was uh, I was filming for Disc Golf Planet TV and it was at the Memorial and I was filming different players to create little feature videos for the live coverage and uh, <laughs> it was uh, hole uh, let's see what's your three hole three I believe at the fountain and it was down where it's down below by the generators and there's that mm-hmm. tree that guardian tree um so he had a long putt, and I was filming different people, and he missed the putt. So I turned off my camera, but it was still pointing in that direction. <laughs> and he walks toward me after missing the putt, and he looks right at me and says, get that effing camera out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 and I thought, okay. Start so of a beautiful then, relationship, huh? <laughs> And then maybe a couple months later, I'm and I'm filming his in the bag, and he is the greatest, coolest guy. And I remember thinking, man, you just must have, wow, you're not who I thought you were. Um, because I did his in the bag, and then I did a little pro, uh, profile video for him for when he was sponsored by Dynamics back when DD was just a apparel, manu- uh, apparel sponsorship. Um, and so he was the coolest guy he was kind he was funny he was really wanted to do the in the bag really well he really had a lot of ambition so um after that it became more of just a professional relationship where i would film him every now and then i do videos with him for dynamic gifts and then throughout the years when i you know him going through prodigy and going through other different companies i would just have small talk with him mm-hmm. at different tournaments and then what was interesting is full circle then he when he got sponsored with westside discs I, again, was filming his in-the-bags. I was filming his stuff, and he had that same passion and that same spirit of wanting to just succeed as much as he can. But sometimes I think his passion just got the best of him um, in, in, in different situations. Yeah, yeah. That's a, It's funny because we kind of defend him slightly here on our podcast just simply because – we like the dichotomy in the personalities on the tour. I mean, mm-hmm. there has to yeah. be a bad guy. There's a good guy, you know. So I, I appreciate that in it. Um, but as far yeah. as as far as you know him, we've never met him. We've only had one. I've had one interaction with him in in real life, and then you know one of our uh, shop owners also had another interaction with him, which was really positive. So it's kind of, you know, it's hard to see because off the course, you can see him in such a great light. And then on the course, sometimes <laughs> that light goes a little duller, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but, but it, you know, we wish him the best. We, we really hope everything works out. And hopefully, you know, Clash, it seems like they did a very good job, a good stand-up job of trying to help him through everything. And from what I understand, they kept him there for a little while and actually got him back to the U.S. and helped him further everything yep. in the U.S. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. They helped him very much along the way. Perfect. Um, very much was there for him. They were there. Like, the whole, like, day or two afterwards, they were still talking to him and still, you know, like, sort of helping him 
uh, how do I say, like helping him kind of process everything that happened because you know mm-hmm. in the heat of the moment it happened and then of course things started happening and then you know you know the the inevitability of having some sort of uh disciplinary action was really getting to him and then the consequences of sponsors backing away and things like that mm-hmm. that was all hard for him to process and they were talking to him talking him through that yeah, and and that's great because that's that's nothing they had to do. It's something they chose to do, and that's I mean Correct. that that says a lot about the people behind Clash. So commend them for that. Mm. I was going to ask since you know Nico was kind of the bigger figure on tour, you know, putting Clash out there. I don't know much about a European team for Clash at all, but is there a sense that now since there isn't a bigger figure spearheading them here that they want to have like a grassroots movement and kind of get their discs into amateurs hands as fast as they can to help kind of grow their marketing that way. Just have like get the hands discs in as many hands as possible and just have it grow. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's like a shift. Like all of a sudden now we don't have Nico. So now we've got to see the grassroots. The grassroots has always been part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, now, okay, let's continue to invest in that. Let's continue to invest in, in you know, because, you know, they weren't going to stop at just Nico. Even if Nico was still on the team, they were wanting to get other players sponsored that are high profile. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I don't think that there's like a, all of a sudden like, oh, gosh, now we've got to grow grassroots. Now it's just we got to keep going with what we've been doing. And, and sort of keep going with the momentum that that Nico has helped establish. Mm, okay. So being that the marquee player is no longer there, I mean, are we spending like helicopter money on the next marquee player, or is this something <laughs> that's going to be? <laughs> or is this going to be more, more like an like RV a, or something? Yeah. yeah. Like, is that the new qualifier now? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> I used to be a player. Hey, I need helicopter money. <laughs> <laughs> we need helicopter money. <laughs> so, oh, but the honest question is, I mean, are they looking at kind of that second tier, you know, out of the top five player? Are they looking for one of these pinnacle players? Or, I mean, where does that budget lie with with them? I mean, obviously the logical question is now that Nico's not there, there's money freed up in the budget as right. far as sponsorship um yes i think they're yes they are looking and everybody understands the value that a high profile when i say high profile i'm talking like somebody that's always on tour somebody that you know ends up on media um Mm -hmm. has a great social media you know social media following they understand the importance as well as i do the importance of the social media following so yes they are looking at some of the bigger the bigger names um to to sponsor okay Okay. So it's really not, are they performance-based or are they more social media-based? So is this like a Kona Panis or is this a Ricky Wysocki? It's, 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 it's a case-by-case basis. Okay. Um, if you're, yeah, if, you, if, if there's, there's players out there that their social media game is on point mm-hmm. um, and they, do, they may do decent at, at tournaments and then there's, of course, people that do fantastic at tournaments and so their social media game doesn't necessarily have to be as high as someone else um it, it really depends on what you bring to the table right um, if, a, if a player's you know constantly if, if a player is like doing consistent you know top 10 finishes that's good but i will i will tell you that the landscape has changed it's a lot well not it really hasn't changed in a sense but it's more part of the discussions is your social media following because um, I know that even with even at Dynamic Discs when we would look at high profile players uh, I was one of the people that consulted as far as like hey look at their social media following see what what are your thoughts and even even I remember even talking to some high profile players uh, during player negotiation time and social media if they didn't have a strong social media it counted against them mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's part of the equation I've, and I've heard countless I've heard Scott Stokely um, I can't remember who else someone else 
on an interview where, you know, social media is half the game now. And you may be a great player, but if you don't, if you're not putting yourself out there as a brand, you know, you may get overlooked. Right, right. Yeah, there's very few players on tour that their game is the brand. I mean, I can maybe think of one, maybe two. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that yeah. their their play is the brand. So, yeah, that that makes complete sense. Um so kind of the last question that I have is where does Clash see themselves in the future of disc golf and what's their role going to be? I think they want to be one of the top players. One of the, I want to say household names, but I'm more the disc golf household names Mm -hmm. that people think of when they think, uh, when they're grabbing their bag that they may not have every disc in your bag, but they're going to have a majority of discs. Mm -hmm. Um, they're happy if they have at least one or two discs in their bag. Um, so I think they're going to be one of the major, I honestly believe based on what I information I have now and knowing some of their strategies and game plans that they're going to be one of the top, the top manufacturers, uh, within the next few years. That's great. Well, and I think with you at the helm of their social media, you've done it once. I'm sure you can do it twice. So I think you'll be able to help them, you know, push that direction as well, especially when they really focus on coming into the American market. So yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, that's one of the things that I, that, that's one of the things that really attracted me to them was to find out where they're at and, and to just think to myself that now the knowledge I have now to recreate, uh, what happened at dynamic disc. Now I was just, I was just the, I was just a piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of, they have a lot of great minds over there at dynamic disc. I was just one of them, but it's great to have the experience I had and take it over the class discs. Even though the land, like I said before, the landscape has changed. I was just even just today made note that I remember when when we would talk to new players at Dynamic Discs, I don't you know, seven, eight, nine years ago, we would talk to a player at the course. We would say, hey, we would give you this. What do you think? And they'd say, oh, that'd be great. And we'd say, okay, how about this? And then we'd shake hands and say, okay, we'll make you a, a DD player. Um, and there was, it, it, it became a little official. There would be like some email agreements and that's about it. And fast forward to the day I'm on the phone with a player's agent, not even <laughs> talking to the player yeah. and the player's agent is advocating for the player, telling me all his stats, how well he did, his following and all this different stuff. And before we even get to talk to numbers or whatever, it's like, I, I don't know. It's, it was just, it was interesting how far it's come, which I knew it was going to come to that. I mean, it's obvious that players need someone advocating for them, but mm-hmm. I just remember <laughs> talking to somebody at a bar about playing for our team. And now I've, I've, I've got, uh, 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 on my schedule calendar dates to talk to agents. In fact, I talked to, I'm talking to one per one next week and I'm talking to four different people and the player is not one of them. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's four. There's four people on the email thread, and not one of them is the player <laughs> to talk about what we could offer. Jeez, wow. and that and that is because yeah. I remember a video that I believe you were involved in, and it was at like the 2000. And the reason I remember this, it was like the 2017 Memorial, and I remember you offering a contract in a parking lot <laughs> <laughs> with somebody, and and I was just like. <laughs> Because I was there, I actually remember seeing it happen, and then I saw the video yeah. come up, and I was just like, "That is, that's awesome!" And now you like, you can't even talk to the person yet, you know? Like, you got to yeah. go through so many different levels. So, man, that's different. Yeah. But all good signs, you know. Those are those are great signs for the sport, and hopefully, it's yeah. not too big too soon. But I I think it's all trending in the right direction. So, yeah, no, it's good. It's good. That's great. Well, Bobby, uh, any last things for us that you want to get out there or say? Or that, no, I just I I love talking to you guys. I love communicating with the disc golf world. I love being in disc golf. Um, disc golf has done a lot for me, so I want to continue to try to get back to disc golf. Um, if you haven't, you know, I work. I'm working with a, a few different disc golf companies. So if you but but if you haven't tried a class disc, I highly recommend you try it. I think you'll fall in love with the disc. 
Um, in fact, I don't know, do you guys do giveaways at all? Do you have any system for giving stuff away? Absolutely, yeah. We've given a couple things away yeah. like, through the podcast here. Okay. All right, so however you guys want, however you want to do it, I've got three class discs that I will I will mail out. You figure you guys figure out how to pick the winners. Okay. And then you just you just give me the name and address. Now I can only do it in the US for okay. now. So uh, but you know, give me the name and the mailing addresses and uh, I'll send out some some class discs for people to try out. Nice. Perfect. All yeah, right. I was going to ask you what are what are your favorite class discs right now? What do you My favorite is the is the Wild Honey. That thing is so money. Yep. And I've switched from I've switched from deputies to the popcorn. Um, I did not think it was going to happen, um, but I went out one day and forced myself to only putt with popcorns, and I love them. I think those are great, and I also uh, really love the berry. That mid range is so nice for me for my arm speed. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, because the berry was one of the what ones we, that we had, right? That was one of the first ones that we had. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because yeah. the yeah, mint the is kind of the overstable. The overstable, like I don't, I don't want to mention any other names right yeah. now. <laughs> Just but, overstable no, approach. Fine, no. Yeah, yeah like, kind of how... very comparable to a zone or tactic or mm-hmm. suspect, like right in that realm. Um, really I love that. Zone, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the berry. It seemed like it was right there with the truth. Buzz ish. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. something like that. Nice. For, for me, it's a nice straight, a little bit stable yep, uh, right. mid-range, of course, because my slow arm speed. Um, yeah. And then the popcorn is just a great the great putter. I don't know that I would compare it exactly to a judge, but it reminded me of judge mm-hmm. when I was putting from a long distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely straight enough to, to replace my my deputy. And then the wild honey, I would say, I, don't, I used to throw the grace for that type of shot for uh-huh. me, the grace. Um, and... Uh, now I throw the wild honey and that there's again so many shots that I throw and I'm like man that thing just glides so nice for me yeah I had it side by side with the wave um throwing them side by side with the wave and it is very very similar to the wave as far as flight path even hand feel I mean very similar to the wave it's a little deeper than a wave but I, I, yeah, really flight path wise, they were both, and that's I mean very popular discs. It's one of the most popular drivers MVP has, I think. So yeah, that's but very close to that. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I've I've really enjoyed every single one of them, and I would say the popcorn for me kind of felt like a dagger, a little deeper than a judge. It was a little deep. Yeah, so it kind yeah. of felt like a dagger is kind of what I compared it to. Okay. So, that is pretty deep. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, what's between a dagger and a and a judge? Maybe Marshall. A key, no, no, Keystone. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah, but it's right. It's in that judge-ish area. So, yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. It was. It was nice. I. I liked it. So, but, well, where can they find Clash and you, Bobby? Okay. Well, if you want to follow Clash, you can just look up Clash Disc. You know, just about everywhere, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I just started TikTok. Um, also, if there happen to be any listeners that took class discs on TikTok, please stop. <laughs> I, they, I, there's someone that has class discs. Oh, no. Username, and they've made, they've made no posts, oh. and they won't respond to messages. So I made one called class disc underscore official so that we can get some content out there. So go follow class discs underscore official on TikTok, but everywhere else is, is just class discs. Um, if you want to follow my journey where I like to share, you know, what I'm doing with different companies and then of course my personal journey, you can find me at uncle Bobby jr. On uh, Instagram. And that's uh, uncle Bobby B O B B Y J R. Perfect. And are you still taking new clients for, cause I'm, I'm a firm believer. I'll be an advocate for you. Oh, yes, yes. Thank you for mentioning that. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely looking for clients. Um, I was used to, I was, I was doing it to where I would offer like big packages where I would do a lot of marketing and, and uh, content creation for you. But now I'm trying to, I'm creating new tiers where if you just need someone to create one to two posts a week and, you know, that's all as a store you can afford. You just need a couple posts a week. Even if you're taking the pictures, you're like, Bobby, I'm just going to take a bunch of pictures. You schedule it. You do your thing. Then I'm going. I'm creating a, a, a tier for that. Um, and you can find once you go to Uncle Bobby Jr. 
on Instagram, you can follow my uh, link in bio, and I'll have uh, a link to more information about that here in the next few days. Perfect, perfect. And as a disclaimer, uh, my wife and I used Bobby as a coach for uh, social media for our other businesses and or disc golf. And, um, it, it, at Julie's, uh, our restaurant, it helped tremendously door disc golf helped tremendously. I just haven't been as diligent keeping up with door disc golf, but with, uh, Julie's it's been, we're just seeing tremendous growth still using the path that you, you know, laid for us. So Nice, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys are my favorite, but I would have to say your wife was my star people. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's how it usually is, too. I'm just the pretty face, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't have to laugh no, that I hard. Still <laughs> <laughs> I still follow. I still follow, and I see the posts that, that she does with her employees and everything. Yeah. Like, she, is she is getting it. She likes it. Yeah, she we. I mean, we saw, we saw enough value that we actually hired a full-time media personality or person there. So um, we have somebody that that's what they do. You know, they put away orders and then go film some of our employees and walk around our properties, do things like that. So that's all they do is content creation for us. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So there's definitely value there. So, but yeah, we appreciate it very much. And I guess thanks for your time. And, uh, if you, if you haven't got out there to buy any clash, now's the time. Mm-hmm. And you said there. What were the three vendors in, in the U.S. that you could buy them directly from? There is, uh, there's Infinite Discs. Mm-hmm. There's Power Grip USA, and then there's Local Route, and then there's they're starting to get. I mean, you can find them in other stores as well, but the, um, those are the big people that are going to have the the bigger the bigger inventory. But definitely go to your local shop and see if they have that. Um, if they don't have it online, see if they have it in the store. And if they don't, make sure you tell them that you're looking to buy some class discs because you're going to start seeing more and more, and you're going to want more and more of their discs. You can go to the go to the class go to classdisc.com, and there's a, a section called retailers, and that'll give you a list of everywhere you can you can buy the discs. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you, Bobby. Have a great night, and it was an absolute pleasure thank talking you. with you. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate all you guys do as far as your all's podcast. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate hearing from you guys. And, yeah, like I said, give me those three names and mailing addresses, and I'll get those out in the next week or so. And uh, that way some people can enjoy some some class discs. Perfect. Awesome. We'll announce it on the next podcast. So our regularly scheduled podcast, we'll announce it on there, and then we'll get you the information. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank all you. Right, absolutely. Have a good day. Right, goodbye. All right. Bye.